Are you cutting your toenails? Uh, n no! Fucking goddamn, I forgot the camera was on! Jesus Christ, you're disgusting. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by the one-of-a-kind... Oh. <laughs> I got this. I got this. Aaron, I have yeah, got this. Don't totally worry. <laughs> we are Just incredibly excited that you're joining us. Hey! So, Aaron, um, thank you for joining me, and I'm actually looking at you right now. Not in it's a creepy, embarrassing, isn't it? Well, it is a little bit creepy, but not in a super creepy way. I'm in a mildly, out. mildly creepy way. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Well, we do have a wonderful show for you, listeners out there. We have nine cents letters. We're going to be talking about uh, relationships. And, I don't know some other stuff too. And down the crossroads, yeah, down the yeah. crossroads. Aaron's with yeah. us. Okay, this is episode twenty-eight. What are we calling this one? This is the funeral blues. Wait a second. Funeral blues. Did you recently lose someone? Is this <laughs> callback? No. Is Joss no. alive? Oh, who? I mean, Joss. Mm. Who? <laughs> I just fine? recently moved. I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't know any Joshes. There's definitely no body buried in a backyard back in Baltimore or anything. Certainly not. All right, so Funeral Blues. Looking forward to that. And we're going to close it out with a little old Nick's peep show. I'm not throwing in any... Uh, uh, Infernal Informant or Creature Feature because we have a lot of ground to cover and I want to make sure we can cover it all. So I'm going to keep it a little short there. But before we jump in, I would like to point out that uh, I just bottled my pumpkin wheat today and it smelled so fucking good. It was this it, wonderful uh, pumpkin-y body with the spices <laughs> flittering around my nostril holes. It was really quite wonderful. I think uh, Pumpkin-y Body was my uh, wrestling name. <laughs> That's uh, I want to see those videotapes. That sounds really interesting. Uh, they made me orange tights. I didn't understand it. The orange tights. Now it would be really great if it was <laughs> if if you like made a jack o' lantern out of the wrestling suit. So <laughs> like you just came in. Uh, okay. Anyway, Pumpkin-y Body. Embarrassing. You know what that reminds me of? The Glow Girls. Do you remember those? The Gorgeous uh, Ladies gorgeous of Wrestling. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Are you kidding me? Fuck yeah, dude. I, I love that to... shit. <laughs> so great. Love it. Like, even, even the really disgusting, super crazy large ladies were just super cool. They're like these monstrous, mean people. It was just a really yeah. great... Yeah. They had no one... pretensions. They were just just the grossest, most heinous women, and I loved it. <laughs> it was so awesome. So awesome. All right, anyway. Uh, so there's... Uh, there's pumpkin body or whatever. <laughs> uh, hold on. So I, I finished that, and I have, like, tons of pumpkin pulp left over. And we sort of 
we went through so much pumpkin pie and pumpkin bread and stuff this season that I couldn't bring myself to like making any more. It just got really like too much pumpkin quite fairly. Um, and so I was like, well, why don't I just make another batch of pumpkin beer because it always goes so goddamn quick because it's so goddamn delicious. And so that's exactly what I did this morning. Um, and it was wonderful. I had this really great moment of uh, doing a rookie mistake because I wasn't paying attention where you have uh, the water at a boil and what you're supposed to do is pull it off of the heat when you throw in your uh, malt and I didn't. And the reason why you're supposed to pull it off the heat is because it boils over <laughs> as soon as it hits that water and it was doing that. So I'm sitting here f feverishly blowing my wart on the top to try to cool it down so it would settle down and not blow over while I'm trying to move it aside. And my wife is like stirring it to try to keep it calm down and it's like coming over. It was a, a gigantic mess and I felt like a, a beginning brewer again. It was, it was really wonderful. <laughs> Exciting. I'm sort of stuck on the fact that you said the words blowing on my wart. <laughs> and you sort of made it sound so that was the weird part. Well, first of all, my wart <laughs> smells delicious. It's that makes me amazing. Wanna, that makes me want to throw up. <laughs> it's makes really actually good. Slit my own throat, actually. Holy shit. Took a turn. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, trimming your tree. Do you trim your tree? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really so expect this... me to answer that. <laughs> so we have this tree in our backyard that it sort of uh, shields the chicken coop from the weather, you know, rain or snow coming up or whatever. But it's also underneath the power lines. And so we had the power company come <laughs> and just like take entire branches off of this tree, like completely thinning it out, exposing our chickens because they were worried about power going out or some stupid Can I stop like you for one what? second? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you're speaking to me in like a, a code, like nothing but euphemisms are coming at me. Like you're talking about your chickens being exposed and my cocks are exposed. There's like five different euphemisms you used in just that last <laughs> sentence that I feel like you're like trying to pass me some kind of message. Well, that's space why the time. camera's up here on my face and not down any further. Dear, <laughs> it'll get it'll get embarrassing. All me. right. All right, so, uh, so yeah, please no, do go no. on with your chicken story. I can't anymore. I like my. <laughs> all I'm now thinking of is uh, what I may have actually been saying. Anyway, I have chickens, and now they're exposed. Oh my god! My to the to the elements. <laughs> to the elements. Oh, it's just out there. So I don't know. I, we were pissed. We called the power company, and we're bitching at them, and it, it got down to the point where they're like. Um, this is a public utility and we have the right to protect it so we can cut your tree. And I got to a point where I, I was like narking on my neighbor's trees because of like, how can you fucking say that to me when my neighbor, right? Like not even two feet away from the edge of my tree on the backside. Like, <laughs> so it's 10 feet further deep and then two feet to the left is That's another gigantic apple fucking tree <laughs> but do go on tell me about how you went 10 feet deep into this crevasse with your giant wood thing go on i won't apply any meaning to it whatsoever okay you know what 
I'm going to move on. Are your chickens okay? I mean, you can't just leave the listeners hanging. Are your chickens all right? They're alive, but this winter they may not last long because they're going to have snow falling directly. I'm going to have snow falling on my cock. All right. It's just, okay. It's reality. It's going to happen. All right. Um, I was actually ramping up to a rant that oh, sorry. derailed. I have a way of just dampening every mood. Totally derailed my rant. All right, um, I've I've uh, been asked how people can get a hold of Nine Cents Clothing, and so I wanted to make a special note. Uh, it's all created and sold through Asp Apparel. Go to AspApparel.com for their wonderful offerings. But you can actually check for Nine Cents specific clothes or apparel or that's the same thing, objects of interest perhaps, uh, at NineCentsPodcast.com slash apparel. So check that out. It's definitely a, a kind of neat little stuff if you're into following other people's brands. <laughs> you should make nine cents dildos. <laughs> I'm gonna make nine cents. And cock rings. Ten foot and deep. butt plugs. Cocks. <laughs> Nipple rings. Um, okay, so I was, and I also like uh, my wife and I have been trying to capture the DVD of Maleficent from Net or Redbox for I don't know maybe a couple days. And we finally got it, and we watched it today. And I, I've always liked Angelina Jolie for a number of sexual reasons, but she's just <laughs> a really, you know, kick-ass chick. Um, and you know the fact that she's into blood a little bit, or at least she, at one point in her life she was, and I am too. So, mm-hmm. um, her portrayal of Maleficent in this really, it it made me think of everything I love about satanic women, and that is. Um, they have a particularly dark aesthetic, which I dig in their own way. Uh, this is, I'm making broad generalizations here. Um, crazy sexy in their own ways. Uh, and they have this force of will, uh, this inner power, this inner strength that is so goddamn attractive. And then, to top that all off, they're like magical creatures, you know? I mean, they, they, ha- they, they bend reality to their their will and and that's wildly attractive uh for any man or woman i think to to see that or be the excuse me other end of that so i was watching this in awe just like wow this is literally the personification of everything i love about women so did you enjoy maleficent um the movie eh, i mean it is what it is It, it wasn't i mean it was it was just you know turning the tail on its head, but it was, and it was okay. I, I wouldn't watch it again, but she was stellar in it. And she's such a gorgeous fucking woman anyway. But as that sort of creature was, it was fucking awesome. Cool, man. Um, I have to see it. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the church of Satan. Okay, as uh, happens, as, as is prone to occur, I get emails from you wonderful listeners asking me random questions, so some of them serious, some of them candid, and I got this one, and I, I just felt like I had to discuss it with you, Aaron. Dear Adam, I am a 17-year-old high school student and consider myself a Satanist. I've read the Satanic Bible, and I deeply agree and identify with the philosophy of Anton LaVey. I was in a relationship with a guy for a few months last year. We were only dating for a short amount of time, but it felt as if he had a... I felt as if he had a negative impact on me. He didn't make me feel depressed after... 
I was with him for a while. He made me feel abused. He attempted suicide six times while I was dating him, and his parents were fully aware. They acted lax and neglected to do anything about it. I was excruciating. It was excruciating to be around him, and I had to even break the relationship because of how much he drained all the energy from me. He constantly blamed me for our failing relationship and became an utter nightmare. Yes, I do feel better that our relationship is over. However, every time I see him, I get this horrible, sickening feeling. I have to see him quite often because we go to the same school. I tend to suffer from bad dreams almost every night about him or our relationship. His mother works at my school as well, and she always gives me a strange look every time I walk by her in the hallway. His mother never found me as a good person for him to be around and considered me a bad influence, and many times called me demonic. Yet I never acted inappropriately around her or harmed anyone. I like how she said around her, because <laughs> I was inappropriate everywhere else. Um, she never harmed anyone, and she, uh, to this day, has tried her hardest to be cordial. We're closing it out here. I wondered how I could rid myself of these negative feelings and feel much stronger when I see him or his mom. I strongly feel as if I had been mistreated or wronged. Should I perform a destruction ritual? I would be extremely appreciative if you could help me out. I'm a big fan of Nine Cents. Thank you so much. Thank you for submitting the question. I really appreciate that. You know, you find value in Nine Cents, uh, enough of it anyway, to trust us with questions such as these. Erin, what do you think about this? Oh, I think that she's probably pretty intelligent for her age. I think this is a great question. Um, as far as the question that's in this letter, I, should she perform a destruction ritual? I think so. <laughs> I say go for it. This is the best <laughs> way to get get rid of those feelings. I mean, it's all so she, it's all about her feelings. Right. So 17-year-old, she's probably a senior in high school. Um, the parent <laughs> and the kid she was dating are still at the school for the remainder of the school year, which I just got this, so I'm assuming until next June or whenever school gets out so she's got you know a handful of months left dealing with these people um so destruction ritual seems like well no der yes absolutely <laughs> you, like you obviously need to get rid of something you're having you're having fucking dreams about this i mean that that's <laughs> that means that there was some serious shit happening like there is like some serious either physical or emotional abuse that you were at the hands of um, to cause this kind of a reaction and what kind of a failed human being tries to kill themselves because of a high school girlfriend <laughs> like what the fuck is that kind of a failed human being um <laughs> So you should not think twice about these people. You should definitely work up uh, whatever aggression, sadness, uh, just pure anger you have in you and take it to the chamber and deal with it in an appropriate way. But it's important that every single time you... When people traditionally think about um, satanic rituals... Uh, they want to see some form of a result. And I don't know if this is inherent in human beings. They just want to see a result of something that they do. You cannot think of ritual in those terms. It's not important what happens after you uh, have performed the ritual. What is important is that you are purging yourself of these negative feelings that you're having, um, which is the catalyst for the ritual. So as long as you get that out, as long as you go into it knowing that even if this kid is kicking it around the school every single day until the end of the school year, to you, 
he's dead. Then that's all that matters. You, you, you've got to find, and I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm going to ask you, Aaron. Is it, is it difficult for you as a, a woman, uh, well, and let's sort of date you here in, in the time, when you were a young woman in school to get over those uh, relationships that sort of went awry? Did you have any of those? Um, I had a couple, I suppose, and yes, it was hard. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, the, um, uh, overbearing, not overbearing, but I have a very strong desire. Let's put it that way. So sometimes when I don't get what I want, I do get a little upset about it. So there were times definitely in high school, but there weren't a lot of times because I didn't date a whole lot in high school. It's just a lot of, you hmm? Well, I was just going to ask, I mean, outside of the um, the ritual chamber, do you have any suggestions for this young lady? Well, I mean, yeah, maybe talk to somebody, a counselor, get some professional help. Because it, if you're having nightmares about this guy and you call him, you know, more an abuser than, you know, anything else, then I would definitely seek some help if you're going to have some trouble getting getting over this and it seems like you might be because you're constantly thinking about him and thinking about what a shitty relationship you were in so yeah get some help if you can't get through it um or concurrent with your destruction rituals go see somebody you know because this is serious shit if it's bothering you that much yeah and what's weird about this uh, she was in a relationship with him a few months last right. year so right. this is a presumably a year <sighs> later and you're still having i mean this is <laughs> This is like shell shock here. This is really, really weird. You need to work. A lot of people can, uh, within themselves, work through issues. Um, e even a larger number of people, they need an ear. They need to get it out in some way. So ritual is one way that is, is very easy and available to everyone on a very personal level to work through these uh, negative emotions and experiences that you have. But sometimes, and it sounds to me like this is one of those times you need to, as Aaron suggested, go out and get some professional help. Uh, this is, I mean, look at it this way. You're a young developing woman, and if you ever want to be able to stand on your own two feet without um, fear of other people's influence over you, you have to get over this situation because this is affecting you severely. And if not in your regular day-to-day -day life, which it sounds like it is, but also in your subconscious mind. I mean, if you're dreaming about it. So you have to get help. You have to work through this. Uh, and I don't know why you're obsessing after a year on this guy, but maybe you just need permission to move on. So if a ritual helps you do that, all the better. You can't be held responsible for other people's actions, and you shouldn't feel responsible for other people's actions. So, whatever it is that's hanging you up, that's keeping you connected to this really pathetic human being, you need to sever that. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's a destruction ritual toward him, because it doesn't sound like he's bothering you continuously. Um, it just seems like you're just hung up on this the more and more I think about it. So maybe if you need to do a destruction ritual, get that out of your system, but also maybe even think about a compassion ritual for yourself. Do something for yourself 
to build up that self-esteem of yours. You you really don't need to be thinking about someone that you're no longer in a relationship a year past. Um, that's a big deal. That's that's a really long time to be hanging on to a high school relationship that only lasted a couple months. So you need a you need to get some personal help, whether that's uh, ritual or or professional or a counselor or maybe your parents, if uh, you know if they're into it. So I definitely suggest that. There you will. Sure you won't stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. Do yourself. What are you doing out here? Oh. Down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, Miss. You can't be. You're the. You're the devil. devil. But you're. You're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my God. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to Down to the Crossroads. It's your pal Aaron and. Ooh. And Adam's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> We're fine. I. <laughs> We're fine. This is literally the third time we've tried to record this segment. Yeah. God damn. Uh, I think what here's here's what I think it is. Um, <laughs> it's been so long it's been since long. we've had a down to the crossroads. It's sort of it's kind of like, okay. Tell me if you experience this too. If you haven't had sex with your partner in a <laughs> while, mm-hmm. there's like this little like oh what like this little not. Not awkward, but just like getting used to the whole pace over again. Uh huh. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? I have not personally had that problem, but okay. I, I I can imagine right. it. I can imagine <laughs> the awkward. Pretend you're strange like me, and yeah, it's just you know we no, gotta I, get our pace down. And- I get what you mean. I totally get it. It's like who are you, and how yeah. do we do this? I when did I? Do you hear that? I do hear that. It's cocktail That's- time. Mm, mm, mm. This is ice and bushmills and me being happy. Oh, I like the sound of that. You know why I'm happy? Tell me. Because I'm getting to, I, I get a first row seat to Down to the Crossroads. Oh, hey. Oh, look at you and your transitions. That was good. All right. So this month's theme is uh, inspired by, actually suggested by a listener. So I would like to thank her. Um oh. Good friend of the show. Good friend of mine. Well, thank you very much, Mrs. It's, Unknown Listener. Uh-huh. I've been hearing a lot from fans lately. It's been really, really nice. Uh, let me thank those people who've gotten in touch with me, too. It's, it's really refreshing, and it's very encouraging that people actually are listening and actually are apparently enjoying some of what I do here. So, <laughs> well, so thanks. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, th- those that you hear of there's 10 times that many that you don't hear from. So it's it's the rare ones that you actually hear from, which is really yeah. super appreciated. And we love it. And we would encourage every single one of you to reach out to Aaron at Down to the Crossroads on Facebook or shoot me an email and I can forward it on info nonsensepodcast.com. So it's, it's important because otherwise we're operating in a vacuum. And what yeah. we think is going to be entertaining doesn't always match up with what you yeah. think is. Yeah. Um, 
if you hate what we're doing too, please let Adam know. Don't get yeah. Don't just not tune in because that that, that <laughs> yeah. pisses me off worse. That's some bullshit. <laughs> I wanna, Man, I want to hear what I'm doing wrong so I can correct it. Right. Um, all right. Okay. Well, let's talk about what's happening right with this episode. So this, what's the theme? I mean, you traditionally have a theme with these, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This is um, funeral blues. This is songs about death, dying, and how <laughs> Did we someone deal with die it. recently. People die every day, man. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> People are always dying. In fact, I just, oh dear, I oh god, him. oh fuck, oh god. we're losing him, we're losing him. Beep. <laughs> Hey, everybody. This is your new uh, host of Nonsense, Aaron. <laughs> Just stay tuned. Nothing's going to change. You will literally not notice a difference. <laughs> he literally contributed nothing oh, to the entire cool. podcast. <sighs> okay, so All right, let's it's about do this. funeral blues. Yes. Let's so I'm going to start this, this first song. Oh, let's do it. I'm so excited for you to hear these songs. Here we go. So this is Sunhouse, mm. and he's doing Death Letter. Or Death Letter Blues. Depends who you ask. But basically, this this song is about a guy who learns about the death of the woman that he loves through a letter that's delivered to his house early in the morning. And uh, so later he goes to uh, view the body at the morgue on the cooling board that they called it. And he goes to her funeral. And uh, he's pretty upset about losing this lady. <laughs> um, so, But this Pussy. is Sunhouse. <laughs> And he is, yes, I know, it's drink everyone because I'm about to call this guy a legend, but it he is. is one of the best. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a pretty lively debate about, you know, who might be the best blues singer of all time. And Sunhouse is way up there on the list. He's not to be trifled with this man. Um, he is the middle of 17 brothers. I think that has a lot to do with his tenacity and his the sort of way he attacks a blues song. Like, can you imagine having like eight older brothers and eight younger brothers or however the math works yeah, out? No. Like that sounds horrible. <laughs> so, um, but Sunhouse, I've talked about him before. He, he loved his booze. That's why I like him so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with his musical genius. I mean, he's so, so on the guitar and his voice is, eh, you know, but man, he could throw back a few, cool tall tall ones i like that um <laughs> but yeah so he's just a crazy person and i've talked about him before but i don't know i don't think i've played this song before um no. but sunhouse man he went to parchment farm he went to um prison for a few years for shooting a guy killing a man in a bar course mm. and then uh you know, he, he came out singing. <laughs> Everybody loves a good... Uh, <laughs> As many do. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, um, you know, when he was a kid, he wanted to be a preacher. And he, he actually, at 15, started preaching and then gave that up to play the blues. Maybe that was after his imprisonment. But uh, he always seemed to feel, I think, guilty about playing the devil's music. And I think part of the reason he was such an awesome alcoholic was that he was trying to kill those demons in him. You know, the, the yeah. guilt that he had. That's just my theory, but... Um, it's fun to assign meaning to things that happened long ago. <laughs> I can totally see that that preacher aspect. I mean, you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier he he sort of attacks uh, mm. the song or the lyrics, and he's done it in this song specifically, where he's all and he, he just mm -hmm. like belts it out and, and just sort of uh, takes a big bite of what he's saying. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. very preacher esque. That praise the Jesus. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, he's got these really strong, repetitive rhythms that are, you know, pretty, you can uh, kind of draw the, the parallel between the haulers of the chain gangs. You know, I've played mm. a few railroad chain gang songs on here. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of hear that, that like chugging, very strong, like I said, repetitive rhythm that he just, you know, he's a bottleneck and he was singing, you know, he's just he's sort of screaming these songs, like just, but with such passion, you know, I mean, he really, he really put his heart and soul into these songs. And part of, you know, another part of the reason that maybe for his, all his hollering and stuff like that is the fact that he came up in barrel houses, you know, where he had to compete with the noisy atmosphere, you know, compete with drunk people on the floor and on the dance hall, you know, dancing that maybe that's part of the reason he, he sort of roars like that too. Oh, it's great. I, I really think you hit the nail on the fucking head right there when you, you're talking about his passion. You know, I mean, you, you said he wasn't a stellar uh, singer alone. He was not stellar uh, technical guitar player, but together with, you know, however good he is with his passion equals a legendary musician. Mm, yeah. It's just so fucking good. Yeah. I mean, he's not to be trifled with this man. He's, he's, you know what, what's really funny mm, is, awesome. yeah, that, I'm glad you liked it. I thought you would. Um, He's one of the the guys that I, he purportedly is the one that started the rumor about Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil um, to some, you know, it was in the 60s. This uh, Sunhouse had a big revival in like the folk community. Um, and he told some like goofy kid during an interview that Robert Johnson has sold the soul to the devil. And he's the, so he's the one who started it. And that's the origin of the whole de- um, crossroads rumor. So uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Sneaky motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> pretty neat that's i mean that's like he literally created a legend that would live in infamy like forever <laughs> yeah and and probably just because he was drunk and was just wanted to fuck with that white kid you know <laughs> i love that's that. why Have we love ever... him okay so the song was based around him finding a letter about his a girl being dead mm-hmm. uh like the woman right yeah Have. I mean, we all know that you've lost someone, and, and you know, most people have um, when they reach our advanced our age, age. Yes, our advanced <laughs> geriatric age in life. Uh, how would it be for you to? Um, and this is taking it off of the story of the song, but how? What do you think your? Where do you think your mind would be if you? Uh, little playtime here, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> um, if if you found like a note from your dad or something or your mom uh, addressed to you years later, you know, like in, in a week, uh-huh. you know, speak, I mean, how would that affect you? If I found something that they had wrote like for me to find in the future? No, just wrote oh, to just you that they never delivered. That I'd never seen. Oh my yeah. God. It would be horrifying. <laughs> it would be wonderful and it would be awful. I mean, it would be wonderful and awful. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Like, oh my God, it would be wonderful (laughs) and horrible. It's awful. It's a really wonderful testament to the the strength of human connection. I was, um, I don't know, this entire this entire segment is is really bringing up these thoughts in my head, where we, um, you know, we live in this in this world that's sort of controlled by time and uh 
if there was ever an opportunity to reach back in time, it would be something like that where, you know, this sort of found communication from the past where you can actually go back to that moment and hear in your uh, loved one's own words uh, how they felt or what they were thinking uh, that you never had experienced before. So a bit of tra- time travel, if you will. Mm. And it, it just speaks to that connection we have with other people in life. It's it's so much more powerful than just, well, they raised me or, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I've lived near them. I mean, it, to evoke – the and, and the idea of death is so connected with that idea of, of uh, what it means to know someone mm-hmm. and, and to experience them in your life. And I was just talking to my sister the other day about how we both have such dramatic, um, dramatically different perceptions of uh, our parents. Even mm-hmm. though we both were raised at the exact same time by the exact same people, we see them so uh-huh. dramatically differently just because of our own intimate connections with them. Mm-hmm. So when it does come time for them to pass, we're going to see their legacy in a dramatically different way. Um, that experience of death being such a personal thing, even though you're not the one that died, and 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 how those people who have passed live on, not necessarily even in the way that they live their life, just in the, in your perception of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Like you can live forever, but never the way you actually were. You only live forever in the way that people experienced you. Yeah, man, that's fucking heavy shit. <laughs> Did you see? Yeah. Have you seen Interstellar yet? I want to. I have not yet. Oh, I won't spoil anything then. But but there's one quote that um, from the movie that kind of relates to what you're talking about. And to somebody, I won't. I'll try to be very nonspecific. But somebody says to another person, uh, "It's strange that humans are, you know, the only species that love people who are dead." You know, <laughs> they were talking about what love means to the whole, you know, interconnectedness of the world and the stars and time and space. And you're like, and they were talking about love as being this very powerful force in nature that can transcend time and space it's kind of interesting <laughs> is it is it like overtly cheesy and stuff oh no 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 oh, no no i don't i'm not spoiling any aspect of interstellar by saying that oh, cool. <laughs> that was just one small part of it but, but i do want to talk about interstellar once you've seen it because i have a lot of thoughts on it oh really oh yeah <laughs> oh shit well we're gonna have to set that up for the next time we're on together yes for sure all right cool but all now, right well let's back do to music nice yeah. Let's hit number two. This is. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. We oh, haven't yeah. told people how they can listen. Dear heavens. How. <laughs> how I'm so remiss of me. What is happening? <laughs> so, okay, go back in time, everyone, and go to. <laughs> um, oh, go to the Nonsense page. We'll have it up there. And I also have it on the uh, Down at the Crossroads Facebook page. I'll throw the Spotify list up. Uh, I think that's it, right? It's on Spotify. Yeah, and, so. And you listen for free. Yep. Uh, while we're commenting on it, and it's uh, going to benefit you in the long run so much, because otherwise it's just Adam and I talking, and who who cares about that, right? I, okay, well, I care about. I don't know if anyone <laughs> well, else I mean, cares, but I care about that. We care, but uh, mm. yeah, it's way more fun if you if you play along. True that. All right. All right. So let's next? hit it. Number two, everybody. Okay. Now this is Washington Phillips. I've played him before too, but not this song. This is this song is called The Mother's Last Word to Her Daughter. And so so the first song was about a man finding out about a recently deceased loved one. And um, so this one is more about 
well, this young daughter is at the deathbed of her mother and her mother is speaking to her about what, how she's supposed to conduct herself in life after the, after she's dead. Um, so Washington Phillips was a Texas gospel singer. So he, you know, you can kind of guess his point of view, <laughs> what he might be having the mother say to the daughters, basically like, <laughs> you know, be good, uh, obey Jesus, you know, obey God and you'll go to heaven and that's where you want to be because, you know, everywhere else kind of blows. But uh, <laughs> The alternative sucks. Yeah. But Washington Phillips was a really fascinating guy. Um, there's a huge like sort of mystery about who he actually was. I think it was recently kind of solved, but for many years, nobody knew who this guy was. Um, but he was, you know, he was born, he made 16 songs. He was born in probably the 1880s, but um, in his career, he only recorded 18 songs. And it was over a two year period between 1927 and 1929 when he was in Dallas for Columbia Records. Um, but only 16 of the recordings are still available. Two of them were lost to time, I guess. But um, he's just got this sound. I mean, I should shut up maybe and listen, let you listen, but um, maybe he's got this sublime, hypnotic, sort of floating feeling to all to his songs. All of them sound like this, but his voice is, you know, very um, ethereal. And of course, the, the little <laughs> instrument he's playing on is insane. Yes. I was just going to use that fucking word too, ethereal. <laughs> insane. Yeah. In, in explaining how this sounds, it it is otherworldly. It's it's, it's, it's this twilight. Yeah. Uh, if you could hear the sound of early twilight, this is what I think it would sound like. It's it's very beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. It's almost it almost makes me want to believe in God. <laughs> you know, it's just so angelic and. Um, but it's dealing with, you know, very serious issues. And, and, you know, the cool thing about Washington Phillips is he is this gospel singer and he sings about God and how you're supposed to obey God. But he was very critical of religion almost, you know, like he was very critical of other Christians. Um, he had this one song called The Denomination Blues where he just sort of goes through this list of um, – you know, the shitty like black churches who are fighting, you know, this um, sectarianism within the church that, you know, these different denominations are fighting with one another. And he's just like, you're a fucking hypocrite. Like you fucking hypocrites. It basically has a song just calling Christians a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> so that's fun. You know, um, you know, we had a lot of a lot of crit criticism for preachers who didn't, you know, who, um, you know, didn't practice what they preach. So uh, that was awesome. Uh, I mean, I don't even know. I could go, I could literally go on for hours about Washington Phillips, but everyone should just, uh, go check them out. Like I said, there's only 18 or there's only 16 songs left. So, uh, just go listen to all of them. I mean, if it's good enough for Werner Herzog, it's good enough for me because he's been, uh, he used one of Washington Phillips songs in one of his, actually a movie of his that I didn't care that much for, but if it's, what was it? oh, it's called, it was called, um, Oh, uh, my son, my son, what have ye done? And it's the the title is a fucking mouthful, and the whole movie is just as bad. Like it's so pretentious, <laughs> and it has got it's got all the great elements. Like it's got Uta Kier, and it's got Michael Shannon, who everyone knows is the best actor in the entire world. Uh, it was like produced by David Lynch. I mean, it's, it's Werner Herzog, but somehow it's still just like a god awful movie. But anyway, <laughs> one of Washington Phillips' songs was in that movie, so. I mean, go watch it for that if you want. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's cool. great. I will shut up about Washington Phillips. Is there, mm -hmm. is, just on topic of uh, your theme here, mm -hmm. um, is there 
ever a moment where, I mean, okay. So let me, let me try to backpedal a little bit. Mm. Um, when I went to, um, my, my friend's funeral, it was all I could do to do it. I, I didn't want to be involved. I didn't want to be faced with the reality of staring at his corpse in a, in a coffin. It was, it was a horrible, horrible experience. Um, the idea of celebrating one's death through the sort of pop and circumstance of, of a funeral itself, um, it's a little bit, well, I mean, it is by definition dark to do so. You're celebrating like someone while they're no longer with you when it seems you should, in a logical world, celebrate them while they are with you. Um, is that? Have you ever been faced with uh, not wanting to actually participate in that? I mean... Are you okay with celebrating people after they've passed, or would you prefer to um, try to capitalize it when they're alive, knowing that, that everyone eventually dies? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a preference. I know that um, for all the people that I've lost in my life, the most important important ones, we didn't have funerals for them. I didn't have a funeral for my grandmother or my mother or my father. Oh, uh, shit, really? Yeah, um, and I don't know why, and I don't know what happened, and I don't know – I didn't – it was crazy. You know, my, my mom, uh, my Nana died, um, January 9th. And then three weeks later, my mom died. So it was sort of like this one, two punch where all that was left was me, my brother and my father. Cause we were a very small family. Both my parents were only children. You know, we're just a very, we were just a small family, you know? So the three of us were left and we had absolutely no fucking idea what we were supposed to do. So my Nana died and I, I, we should have had a funeral, definitely for her. They were all cremated. But, um, so, you know, and then my, then my mom died soon afterwards and, you know, me, my dad and my brother were just completely lost. We had no idea what we were supposed to do. None of us had ever done, gone through this sort of thing before. So I think we just sort of fucked up and like forgot us to have funerals for these people. And now, um, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, oh my God, I had no idea like that your parents were dead and that, you know, both your grandparents are dead and all that stuff. And I, I don't know, I guess, I feel like this is something that should be taught in schools or something like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like how to handle deaths in the family. If you don't have a fucking clue, cause you're a total dumb, dumb, but you know, we're all, we were all atheists. My, my, um, you know, brother and father and mother, we were all atheists. My grandparents of course were Christians, but, um, you know, we just didn't, we didn't, but didn't feel any real need to have any sort of funeral, you know. Uh, but but my concern now is that a lot of people say that funerals are good. You know, they're cathartic. Like it's somehow you get um, finality to it. Like maybe if I'd had a funeral for all these people, somehow I wouldn't miss them as much or mourn them as often or whatever, you know. But I don't know if that's true. I don't think there's been any scientific studies that I'm aware of comparing mm -hmm. like people who have a funeral for their loved ones and those who don't. But yeah. So what did you, I, I don't want to pry too much. Oh, please. Just, I'm an open book. <laughs> how, how did the cremation go? Like what happened after, did they give you the ashes? Do you have yeah. them in an urn? My brother has all of them. <laughs> uh, eventually I'd like to, at least with my parents, I'd like to co you know, mix them together. I, this is so weird and morbid, but you know, sort of mix them together and then I could take half of them. But my brother was um, particularly 
um, affected by my mom's death more so than I was. I will admit to that freely. And, you know, as the opposite was true, I was much more affected by my father's death than, um, than my brother was. And then, oh, maybe that's not fair. I actually can't say that. Not that he listens or anything, but like, right, right. maybe that's not fair. But, um, you know, it, so he, when my mom passed, my mom died, he had my Nana's ashes because my mom was sort of the, what's it called? executor of my grandmother's will oh, okay. so everything she lost you know and then my mom three weeks later so everything was sort of in limbo all the time you know right around that time but, but yes so my brother got got my mother and grandmother's ashes um because it was important for him to have my mother's and then when my father died he actually died in montana with with, with my brother uh so he just took care of that and now he so by default he has all the ashes but they don't mean that much to me to be honest with you you know they're just I mean, in a way they do. I would hate it if they just sort of got vacuumed up one day or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I try not to assign too much meaning to them because th those aren't my parents. You know, those yeah. are the ashes of their bodies that doesn't really mean anything. But it's so super hard, to, <laughs> you know, to, so, to say that they don't. Because part of me is like, oh, you don't mean that. <laughs> that is a really interesting thought. Like the idea of mixing them together. Yeah. Like. There is no individual anymore at this point. It's literally ashes. Yeah. Like base value, worthless to the entire world, ashes. So mm -hmm. it doesn't – it's not like the entirety of who and what they are is within this collection of ashes. Right. And so by mixing them, you're not actually putting them together or taking them apart or anything. Right. But just by the way our, our minds and logic works, for some reason – it does feel that way, you know. It it feels like it's still a piece of them. Yeah, it's weird in in a in an age that is as atheistic as it's ever been. I mm. would dare to say, yeah. we still assign emotional strength to the notion of something like a corpse or ashes. Right. When in reality, like the brain's dead, there's nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I mean, it. we all know it, like, deep down. Even, yeah. I think, Christians know it. Deep down, there's nothing inherently, you know, uh, <laughs> there's nothing to the body anymore. Those people are dead. The, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it, you know, imagine throwing away something that, a sweater that belonged to my dad. You know, I've hmm. done it, and it feels weird, and it feels icky. <laughs> but, you know, the logical part of me knows that it doesn't mean anything. Just because he yeah. wore it, it, there's nothing, there's no part of him that's left on that sweater. I can't feel any, I can't get any comfort from it, really. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, man, shit sucks. <laughs> let's, uh, let's listen to this last one, get yeah. even darker. Yeah, well, this is, okay, let's hit play, everybody, because this is going to be pretty fun. I think we're going to feel better after this. That's nice. Yeah. So this is an instrumental, so you're not, it's not about anything necessarily, um, but it's called, so this song is called the uh, Funeral Song for Mississippi John Hurt, and this is a guy named John Fahey, and he's, um, you know, he was, he's not a blues singer, like this, he wasn't a pre-war Delta blues, you know, this guy is sort of a contemporary, he was born in, oh man, where are my notes, I don't know, 19... 40 or something like that. So he's like a, you know, he's 1992. Open. Yeah, no, <laughs> that would be awful. But he was, so he was born in around Washington, DC. And, um, 
I picked this song because it is, it's called, you know, Funeral Song from Mississippi John Hurt. And this guy, John Fay, he wrote this song. Um, like I said, the first one was about a guy, you know, recently deceased. And then this, the second song I picked was about dying. And then this third song is about more of um, honoring the icons that we've chosen, you know, um, writing a song for someone long dead that we've never probably never met. Um, so John Hurt was a country blues singer from Mississippi. He was a, a big deal. You know, he's a pretty well-known name. I've probably talked about him before. Um, but this, John Fahey was just this white dude from D.C. who fell in love with the blues. And, of course, I can connect with that, you know, because yeah. I'm just some white kid from New Hampshire and fell in love with the blues. But unlike me, John Fahey has a real talent. And so he learned <laughs> and, and he, you know, he was a collector and he would go around and collect old, you know, 78 blues records. And he just, he sort of finally, when he started making music, he really had this blues like framework, you know, this raw blues framework that he, but he was also listening to like Bela Bartok and these other, uh, like Charles Ives, these other classical composers. So he sort of hung that, uh, classical style on the framework of blues and made this crazy fucking music that we're listening to right now. <laughs> he was actually one of the first people to play like, so acoustic guitar used to be sort of mostly strung with nylon strings, you know, it was like the classical guitar players would play. Um, but John Fahey had steel strings, but he was finger picking the steel strings, which wasn't really done, you know, at the time, mostly if you were picking finger picking, you were doing it on nylon. And if you were strumming with a pick, you were doing it on steel string, but he's taken this and he's just, I mean, this is crazy the the timing on his songs and there's like these secondary counter melodies that you'll will, he'll just drop into every once in a while so i wanted to play this song because it has it's not blues but it is a tribute to the blues you know and it's this guy who i mean he's an incredible musician but he yeah. he fell in love with blues at a young age and just decided to i mean maybe it wasn't even a decision that he made just sort of incorporate this into his life and the music that he made. It's very much remnant. I imagine this, if it was a um, biography of a, a blues musician, this would be sort of the background music of, you know, their informative years or something. I mean, it's very sure. much, it feels, it feels like it's an ode <laughs> to the blues. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. That's why I picked it. It does feel like that. It's just a, just honoring the people that came before him. I mean, this, this guy was, he was the real deal and, you know, he had a tragic life, just like a lot of the blues guys that I talk about on this show. Um, oh, this is crazy. It's closing. Yeah. Beautiful. So <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. He, you know, it was said about him that he treated dissonance the way most people treated melody. And I think that's very true. We heard a lot of great dissonance in there. It was just, I don't know. I just love that song. I think it's so appropriate. Everyone should oh, check yeah. out John Fahey. God damn. <clears throat> this is, <laughs> I feel a little uh, reflective right now. Oh, oh. um, that was uh, that was really nice, Aaron. Thank Thanks. you very much. You're welcome. I <clears throat> I never okay. So eh, a little bit of uh, behind the scenes here. Whenever 
we record our segments together. One, I never really know what to expect. I know it's going to be solid blues, uh, excuse me, blues music. But there's, um, I don't know, you you, uh, you package it, you present it, you uh, your delivery, it adds this um, really wonderful edge to uh, the totality of the segment itself. Um, the music stands on its own, but the way you package it adds significant value to it. And so when I'm, I'm anticipating these segments, I, they can be built up. <laughs> and the wonderful part of it is that I'm never disappointed. <laughs> Every fucking time. It is, uh, it is such a goddamn treat. And I'm cool. so fucking happy that you do what you do. Awesome. Uh, lot, lots of fun. All right, well, where can people find a little bit more about Down to the Crossroads Online? It's all over the Twitters and the Instagrams and the, the Facebooks. Yep, uh, Down to the Crossroads on Facebook and all Twitter. The Twitters. <laughs> the Twitters is uh, Chelsea Girl 19. That's right. She's not even 21 yet, guys. I'm so young. Woo <laughs> Forever young. <laughs> uh, let her know. Let let her know what you think. Uh, follow her on Facebook because there's a lot of content that never makes it into this episode that is shared. So sure. There. Yep. So do yourselves a favor. Um, yeah. Listen to it. All right. Let's do a little bit of Old Nick's Peep Show and then close this bad boy out. All right. Welcome to another Old Nick Peep Show, the only segment that delivers beautiful women, masculine men, and intriguing information on all things Old Nick. Joining us, as always, is the very first Old Nick chick, the beautiful witch, Marilyn Mansfield, and her handsome beau, senior editor, Warlock Zoth Mog. How are both of you? Hello, Adam. We're very well. Thank you. Yes, we're doing good. Thank you very much. Fantastic. So, since we last spoke, uh, we're actually a week or two late uh, in our traditional uh I don't know, pace of talking, I guess. Well, we've, uh, we've been recovering from Halloween, all of us. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot to recover from, too. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, how are things going on the old Nick front? Things are going uh, very well here at the uh, old Nick front. Um, <laughs> Goth over here actually has recently been promoted to, um, by Magister Bob Johnson, to um, managing editor of Old Nick magazine. So we've what? been uh, celebrating a bit over here. I'm going to have to update my notes now for the <laughs> intro. Managing editor. Well, first of all, let me congratulate you, Zoth. That's fantastic. Um, obviously, well-deserved. You've, uh, you, you've always had a, a pretty heavy influence on this magazine, haven't you? Um, yeah. You know, I, I try to put as much of my influence as I can into it. I mean, of course, everything is ultimately overseen by Bob Johnson, but I, I try to handle the, the more, the social media aspect of it. Yeah. So what does it mean for you um, when, you're, when you're promoted like this? Is, is, it, is it more responsibilities? Is it uh, a little bit more freedom? I mean, what does it mean? It's a little bit of all that, you know. It's, um, I, 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 
I guess it's it's more of kind of like an an honor to be promoted by by Bob Johnson in this manner, in a sense that he's you know um, kind of um, showing his his appreciation for the work that I do, and in a sense ele- elevating my my title to this position is is the point where he's acknowledging that my influence in the magazine is a little bit greater than just writer or just a you know social media guru. Yeah. Yeah, it's always, I don't know, in all of our professional lives individually, um, you know, titles are sort of, uh, it's sort of something you you aspire to. Uh, In a lot of different cases, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be making much more money, if more money at all, but it's an increase in responsibility. It's it's an acknowledgement of... um, hard work it's an acknowledgement of uh, contribution so it's no matter what it's always it's just it's sort of a, a it feels good and it means you're being recognized for for your influence and as a satanist that's that's a pretty big fucking deal because obviously yeah. you're you know you're doing what you should be doing it exercising your influence over uh, something you're passionate about that's precisely what it is it's, you know it's just an acknowledgement of my hard work and you know i really appreciate it yeah of course and i'm very proud of you Okay. <laughs> well, let's let me ask you about that. Um, maybe if we can talk a little bit of shop. So, uh, f- for the benefit of everyone else, the, the Halloween issue was released. Jeez, uh, almost a month ago now. It like two and a half weeks ago or something. Yeah. Um, which is fucking phenomenal. It was a really really good issue actually, and the you should definitely yeah, check it out. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> Some crazy crazy beautiful ladies. Um, good content too, but <laughs> crazy beautiful <laughs> ladies. Uh, but um, the magazine itself, and, and I guess we could safely say any business nowadays is not just the product. So there's a significant social uh, component to it. How do you approach that um, now as managing editor, uh, but as the, I don't know, the online face of Old Nick Magazine? Um, what we've always tried to do with Old Nick Magazine is we try to listen to what our subscribers are telling us. We always inquire, you know, what's going on, what are the, the, the latest um, social media networks that we need to be involved in. And as, as such, what we try to do is we try to, you know, get a hold of each one of these different tools that we can use to promote the magazine. And, and in that aspect, you know, that's, that's where I come in and I, I, I lend my influence to, you know, to try to expand Old Nick in these areas, you know, like using Facebook and Twitter and even, you know, things like Pinterest and, you know, even Triple uh, X Camps for you, you know, it's, it's, it's all about being able to spread the brand across these, these different frontiers that are available to us, you know, that is available to anyone, really. If, yeah. if they just have the 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 know-how of how to utilize these tools, so there has to be um, a, a little bit of uh, well, I, I mean, there has to be significant thought whenever you're opening up a new avenue um, for social networking, um, and, and when you have a, a really strong brand like Old Nick Magazine. What are some considerations? So let, let's say you hear about a new social network that's opening up uh, in oh, the like near future. Hello? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I this is actually a really good example. Uh, so let's say, 
Hello. You're... Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes, there is there is now a, there is a new <laughs> there's a new social media you know uh, forum opening, and I've been looking into it. You know, as 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 what I do, I, I research and I and I I check it out and I see if it's something worth old Nick being involved in. You know, and I think right now social media has become such a large part of a lot of people's lives that it's 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 important for us to utilize all these different you know um, all these different sites that are available to us because it's you know basically it's free advertising no matter how you look at it you know it doesn't cost us anything to have content up there and to reach people but it's the network that that really is is the important tool of it are you ever concerned about oversaturation about you know especially I mean in in Ello's example as I have got to be honest I haven't done a ton of research on this new thing yet but it's it's very much a non-business advertising social network and so since since uh, old Nick is you know I mean it's a business after all what are your considerations uh, along those lines of not wanting to offend your audience or potential audience in a specific social network, but also wanting to connect with them. I, I think a lot of the, um, I think now with all these new things coming out, it's important to at least create a account just as a placeholder. Well, you know? I, I, I haven't actually created an old Nick account for LO yet, yeah, I'm just but saying. I have an account. You have an account. Right, we're, I, we're I, checking I went it out. on it like one time. Though. Yeah, well, I've, I've been on it more And than I thought more. it was ELO. Uh, I didn't know it was ELO. Hello. <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't even know. Maybe it is. <laughs> Little Toto. Who knows? I, I don't know. Think... In New York, we don't say hello. Hello. <laughs> well, you know. I always. Uh, it should be like El Yo for New York. Hey Yo. Hey Yo. Yeah. Hey Yo. You on the Yo site? Find me on A Yo. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> we we both have profiles on that site, and you know, basically, right now we're in the in the research mode. I, yeah. I'm not saying that old Nick magazine is not going to have a profile there or does have a profile yeah. there. It's just a matter of like, you know, you brought it up like these new social media sites and, and these, this is what we do. We research it, we check it out, we check the terms and services and, and um, you know, the agreements and everything to make sure that it's, it's beneficial to us. Because I don't want to, you know, necessarily make a placeholder page for old Nick if it's something that we can't really upload content to or, you know, put links to or anything yeah. like that. It's not going to benefit me just to have just a, a placeholder page. The, you know? the problem with those social networking is that if you don't create a placeholder, then someone might someone else steal will. it. Right. And that's always, you know, the problem, like even, you know, with me that has happened. Yeah. And, you know, we, we found people that claim to like work for old Nick and we don't even know who they are. Yeah. And we're like, you know, Oh wow! Like we really need to make an account just to hold, you know, this is the official um, page because now everyone jumps on everything, you know. So it's like see, now, now you're gonna make me go make a profile page. Yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah, because see, because I'm yeah, like that. Like I don't. <laughs> see, I'm like that. I don't like anyone making like a, a Zotha Mog profile. So whenever there's something out there, yeah, I just gotta, always make a, I quickly it. make a profile for myself, even if I never go back and, and use it again. I have it there just in case. And yeah. it's, it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Now you got me on this. Uh, It'll my, be busy tonight. Now. Yeah, my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay up late. Like, oh, I gotta make this now. 
But um, well, but it, I mean, it is a genuine concern. I mean, every business wants to be in in every available space that the consumer wants them to be in for convenience. But then on the other side of that, a little devil's advocate is that if you do just get a placeholder page and people aren't interacting with businesses in that social network, well, now you look like you just sort of put your put your leg out there and you're just waiting for someone to interact, but there's no interaction. So it looks like it's a dead page. So it gives old Nick in that specific social network the appearance of having zero activity. So, it, I mean, as a business, it's got to be challenging to know when to make that call or not. Well, I think I think the good thing is, like, especially with, like, things like Instagram and things like that, like, if you post something, you yeah. can post it to all your accounts on Twitter, on Facebook, all at one time. Yeah. So there's always kind of, act and Tumblr, you know, there's always activity, even if it's just a photo, you know, uh, yeah. being, it's like, it's not really necessary to actually log on these days and, and you know, physically sit there and upload it. It's like now everything is connected with the phone. So it's like, it's not, it's not that hard to upkeep, you know, but, um, I think That's it's actually, important for yeah you know it's it's just the different the different rules for each side because it is an erotic thing you know that has to yeah. be in, in right. consideration you have to decide what's too much what's you know not enough it's like you know that that's the that's the one challenge I would say yeah you know but um you know he handles it very well so he does all that he does all the uh, the ads and the the editing and the Booby pasties and that sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try to make them Facebook friendly, but yeah. you know, it's enough skin that you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you want to tease it in there anyway. Yeah, you know. Well, well you know, great, I, though. I I would just like to upload, you know, the the full photo if at all possible with just the the watermark, of course. You get in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there, you know, therein lies the the research aspect of it, where you have to be some, familiar. Someone report it, which apparently well, happens you know, to a lot of people. I I gotta say, we've been pretty. No, we've so been far. we've been good, but I'm saying I've seen a lot of friends who get like dumb pictures reported. Although, although honestly, uh, recently on Pinterest, I got like some alerts. I logged on. And huh. it was like, You have uploaded content, and I'm like, really? I see like some of the most hardcore <laughs> pornographic things on Pinterest. I can't believe it must have been a hater or something. Yeah. But I was just like, I think old Nick's photography that what I have uploaded has been pretty tame compared to what I've seen on Pinterest, yeah. which is why yeah. I thought it was fine. I was like, hey, you know, I see other people doing it. I guess I could do it too. And I, was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it only takes one person you know, to ruin a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, the internet is full of jerks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do, how do you manage that? So let's say, hypothetically, let's say you put out a post that an individual finds offensive. And rather than reporting you to the social network, let's say they contact you and say, look, I'm going to report you unless you take this down. How, how would old Nick approach someone like that? <laughs> that that has never happened. I mean, people, people do, like, leave their uh, opinions on the girls, which sometimes are not... Uh, nice. Uh-huh. Oh, sure. And those comments are moderated, of course. You know, but you know, there's the thing about old Nick is we have all different types of girls in the magazine, and they're not everyone's taste. Yeah. And you know, they feel the need 
to uh, voice their opinion at times, you know. And um, the comments are moderated. Um, no one has ever written, I don't think, yeah. with, with the nerve to be like... <laughs> a threat to reporters. Um, Most of the messages are they want to know where they can get more magazines or they want a model for the magazine. Yeah. Or it's someone asking about a particular model in the magazine. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of gentlemen write, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, people who may possibly are interested in promoting their business, stuff like that. We've never yeah. really, yeah. we've never got, I never read any complaints. No, no. I mean, they leave dumb comments on the pictures, right. but the, I mean, the occasional, <laughs> yeah. the occasional, you know, uh, rude comments. Yeah. Not often, but... Not you know, often, but does, a couple times it's happened. But. Sure. Uh, no threats, no... No, um, no. Nothing like that. I mean, like I said, I was surprised to, to have received alerts in Pinterest, because I was just like, really? Of all the, you know, different social media networks that we've been you know, uh, uploading content to Pinterest, I thought was the most liberal, and I was just like surprised. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's like getting right. a content, like a notice from Tumblr or something. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we exactly, face, you know, it's like, really? we, we faced uh, challenges with Cloud in the beginning because it is an erotic magazine, remember? Yeah. And it's also a satanic magazine. So, yeah. you know, it's, for some people, it's, you know, too different. It's scary, I guess. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand it myself, but there was, you know, and we had to, um, I remember, we had to point out a lot of the other magazines on there, and like, just because it's a satanic magazine, like, you can't yeah. just, well, you know, you it, know, it's, discriminate. It was straight up porn. Right. It, it's, all, it's all, <laughs> you know, it's always that point of view where it's like, uh, what is it like? If it's a full color nude, it's pornographic, but once you make it black and white, it's art. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't talk about the devil and nudity. Uh, you, know, you just gotta work through the loopholes of of their terms and services and figure out. Yeah, what well, we we got it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been on MacLeod for a while now. It's it's working yeah. out fine. And we also have the skin mags, which is more hardcore. So there's actually you know two versions of Old Nick of you know each time produced. Yeah. And you know the. Skin Mag's edition is the digital edition, which also has the additional you know, video content and it has the links yeah. and all of that. So that works in our, in our favor. You know, the great nice. thing is that the models in the magazine also promote the magazine once they're in it and things like that. So it reaches even a, a you know, a wider um, audience and, and gets a bigger fan base. Right. You know, anything on the internet today, you're going to have problems with trolls and things like that. I mean, but to be honest with you, Old Nick really does not get a lot of it. It's, yeah. it's mostly all positive, uh -huh. you know, um, reactions to the magazine. And it's always, you know, it's always great. And, you know, we write back to everybody, you know, um, if, if they're inquiring about something or we send them to Bob, you know, things like that. But um, really, we do get more, the positive definitely outweighs anything else. I mean, definitely. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. We've been a <laughs> A handful of negative comments that I've seen, and it's, it's it was like on like one picture or something like yeah. that, you know, just, just over. And this is stupid. over years. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. like people love the girls, they love the content, yep. they think it's great, you know. Um, there it, there are people who are diehard old Nick fans, you know, and they write all the time and you know say this issue was great, you know, I I just got it, I love it, 
and you know it's it's really wonderful to you know uh, see it growing and expanding and and developing such a you know a loyal fan base yeah i mean i i have to say that that's the testament uh, in my opinion of a healthy brand is that you have uh, one awareness people are aware and they're uh, looking at the content that you're posting either through the magazine or through your social networking strategy and that they're interacting with it that they're having if they yeah, I know a lot of businesses think that negative comments is just an abject negative, but it means that they are invested in what your brand is and they want to experience it in the best possible way for them. So they're taking your brand and internalizing it. So that that's that's actually promoting your brand. I mean, they're taking yeah. ownership of it, which is a fantastic thing for a brand uh, to have. And then the word of mouth that they're they're sharing it and they're communicating their their love of what old nick is to other people and uh it's it's becoming a broader um uh more accepted brand um so that's that's really fantastic uh, i mean it really is testament to what you're doing so so great job guys thank, thank you, you. <laughs> well um Again, we, we already mentioned that the, the new Halloween issue is out and has been out for uh, a couple weeks. Uh, and we've mentioned that you can pick it up on uh, MagCloud and SkinMags, depending on the version that you want. Where else can people find you online? Well, of course, you can always look us up at oldnickmagazine.com. Um, on that site, you will find links to our social media networks, which is you know Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. Um, look for us. Anywhere and everywhere will be popping up. <laughs> Perhaps yeah, soon on hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. I'm gonna make a goodbye. Like no. <laughs> like what, what would be goodbye? Cheerio. Like, Cheerio. I don't know. <laughs> Ciao. All right. Well, thank you both once again for joining me and for sharing a little bit of Old Nick with the audience. Uh, I know not everyone who listens to the show is in any social networking, and so this is a really wonderful way, in addition to social networking, to reach out to a, a wider audience, and uh, we appreciate your guys' out of time. Oh, thank you. We, thank you. We enjoy it. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Well, until we can chat again, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And that's going to do it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Very sweet. <laughs> sweet other show. I'm such an <laughs> such asshole. A, this is such a weird show. The way that, <laughs> the way that we ended up putting it together and uh, just everything that went, went into it. Um, I tr- I'm so dumb. Ugh. No, you're what? I'm intensely uh, well, stupid. <clears throat> collectively, we hope that you, the audience, have enjoyed listening to this collectively stupid <laughs> episode. <laughs> The highlight of which was absolutely down the crossroads. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So you can uh, – hold on. Where are my notes? I write – you know, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I do Don't this, tell them about been it. been doing this show for fucking years and I still don't know the, the outro here. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to hear from you. Visit our uh, website, 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. Let Aaron know 
how she's doing. Yeah. You can visit the Satanet Facebook, Google Plus. Yeah, that sounded weird to me. Twitters. You can visit the Twizzers. <laughs> Twizzers. Or MySpaces pages for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Down the show Mondays via the RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on LastFM, Stitcher, and YouTube. YouTube. Look for us there. You can subscribe to 9 cents via iTunes by searching 9 cents. And don't forget to leave a rating and or comment. Interested in Satanism? Mm. Mm-hmm. Check out churchofsatan.com. You might learn a thing or two. <laughs> Seriously, though, there's a lot of content there that is very um, profound. Do yourselves a favor. And remember that the only way we're going to continue doing this uh, shit show is if you continue to share it. Uh, Nine cents uh, is only good because of uh, your... Okay, let me be fair. Because of me. Nine cents is only good because of Aaron. (laughs) Um, And then eh, maybe one or two of the other segment contributors. But really, it's just Aaron. It's not me. It's definitely nothing. has nothing to do with me. Uh, but it, it it has legs. It, it lives and it breathes because of you, the listeners, your correspondence with us and your interaction online and uh, in your own lives with this podcast and Satanism in general. So thank you very much for doing that and continue to share it. We really, truly appreciate it. Once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Aaron. Oh, I wish... <laughs> and until next week, hail Satan. Hail Satan.